0: Today's uh, it's trade deadline day today, and also quarterback injuries uh, certainly dominate this week's NFL and fantasy football discussion. Out to the KDUS uh, hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by John McKechnie, uh, John's weekly appearance here, John from rotowire.com. And John, uh, the trade deadline, I'm sure that uh, some people are probably nervous about this, uh, less than four hours away. Are there some uh, players mentioned in trade rumors that fantasy owners should be following closely or be nervous about?
1: Well, I I hate to to be a bit of a a buzzkill, but but the NFL, (laughs) uh, its trade deadline really lags behind the NBA and the MLB as far as excitement on deadline day. Now, we are starting to see some movement. Uh, Montez Sweat uh, getting traded to the Chicago Bears earlier today. Um is certainly a, a signal to to that end, but um, I, I find that a lot of the times uh, the the trade rumors are essentially fan fiction. Like, uh, oh, yes. Derrick Henry, what would he look like in a Ravens uniform? Like, why would they why would they trade a second round pick for a rental when they are running the ball pretty well as it is? You, you know, like stuff like that. Um, but I, I could see the Chiefs potentially making a move for for an outside receiver if there is one available. Obviously, that, that'll be a little bit tricky um, considering that uh, maybe the best one that, that could be available is Jerry Judy. He's in the division, so you, you, you're you a little bit dubious on those two uh, doing business during the season, that, that type of thing. But Jerry Judy um, is a possibility. Um, I do wonder if Jamison Williams would be someone that, that uh, the, the Lions would take calls on after how uh, uh, rocky his, his tenure in Detroit has been. <laughs> Uh, To to this point, uh, to to say the least, but uh, I'm not expecting anything on a McCaffrey level um, for fantasy purposes uh, from from deadline day. But, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we get a little bit of excitement here. And I I could certainly hope for the Vikings potentially making a move for for a quarterback that that, of course, is very interesting uh, in light of Kirk Cousins going down with his Achilles injury.
0: Speaking of that, uh, you know, is it a, certainly a bad injury week for quarterbacks with Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Tyrod Taylor all leaving games on Sunday because of injury. Uh, rarely have I started this uh, segment with quarterbacks over the years, but I think we have to today. So we'll start. Uh, what what percentage of FAB budget should be directed at Will Levis after uh, you know his performance on Sunday? Yeah, I watched a lot of him at Kentucky, and uh, you know there, there were a lot of passes that weren't near anybody, receivers <laughs> or defenders. But he was really good on Sunday, so I'm guessing he's a, a hot property in the waiver wire this week.
1: He absolutely is, and then the timing, along with um, with some buys coming up this week yeah. to you know uh, starter level quarterbacks uh, among the four teams on a buy. Uh, Levis's performance in, in and of itself, the, the potential for him starting for the Titans the rest of the season, and the injuries to, to uh, other uh, notable fantasy starting quarterbacks—all um, of that uh, has created kind of a perfect storm for, for Will Levis as a uh, free agent option this week. So it, de- it depends on, on uh, you know how rough your lineup is looking uh, either for this week or going forward, depending on if you had someone like a Kirk cousins, or, or if you just need to kind of get through this one week without Trevor Lawrence or, or Brock Purdy, something uh, like that. But I would, I would be comfortable ponying up over 20% of my free agent budget. If I needed to on Will Levis. Um, I, I think that uh, what he did on Sunday was, was essentially the perfect distillation of what his optimists could have hoped for um, co- coming into the pre-draft process. I know, I know he caught a lot of flack. Um, he, he uh, was kind of rumored to be the, the second overall pick like as of the day of the draft, and all of a sudden he sure. doesn't even get drafted until the second round. That was an all-time uh, rug pull. He's got the kind of crazy social media antics, eating the bananas with the peel on it, uh, <laughs> having mayonnaise in his coffee, all that sort of funky, uh, weird stuff. But, hey, what he did on Sunday was amazing. Uh, he's a toolsy guy. Um, Like you said, it it takes him some time to dial it in that the the accuracy is probably never going to be a strong suit of his, but he's a fearless guy. Um, He's very athletic and he can absolutely push the ball down the field. It has completely revitalized my expectation for DeAndre Hopkins. And I guess generally that this Titans passing game going forward, I I expect there to be a learning curve at some point along the road here and things will correct. He's not going to throw for four touchdowns every single week, but uh, what we saw on Sunday was unbelievably impressive
0: to him. By the way, uh, the four teams on by this week are Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and San Francisco. We're talking with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Uh, any other quarterbacks out there other than Levis that uh, you know, might be worth a shot this week? As we mentioned, you know, you've got a lot of injuries, and the four teams on by, all four of those quarterbacks are at least in two quarterback leagues. So uh, – I-
1: I know there's the two quarterback or super flex stipulation kind of makes anyone with a pulse ha- have some value, but I'm not uh, quite ready to go there on someone like a Jaron Hall um, or, or uh, obviously a Tommy DeVito after what uh, the position that he was put in uh, this past week. Uh, poor guy. Um, but I, I do expect Daniel Jones to be back before too long. So um, that, that should kind of neutralize the need to to even think about rostering uh, one Tommy DeVito, but um, it's interesting that, that uh, Desmond Ritter uh, cleared concussion protocol during Sunday's game, but but Taylor Heineke uh, t- took over that offense the rest mm-hmm. of the way. I know that, that Ritter has been kind of a frustrating guy for for the Falcons and for fantasy, um, you know, not really maximizing the likes of, of D. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you, you name it. it. It hasn't really been there as far as funneling it to, to the kind of star talent uh, players in that offense maybe Taylor Heineke could be able to, to fix that a little bit. So he's a speculative ad. Um, beyond that, if if Stafford, is if his thumb injury is of enough concern, Brett rippon I suppose it would fit the bill. And then uh, my, my galaxy brain one uh, would, would be Jameis Winston uh, in the event that he gets traded to the Vikings, which I, I just – frankly, I just want to put that out in the universe. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be
0: fun. So, yeah, I've always kind of you – know, you know Jamis, i don't know if i like if he were on my favorite team i don't know if i'd like him but fantasy wise I, i've always tried to get Jameis winston so i hope that happens that'd be that would be interesting uh all right let's get to some wide receivers here uh anybody out there this week uh you know out there in a good way i guess uh so but uh i don't have a real extensive list of questions as far as wide receivers this week how about you
1: that that is totally understandable, um, but um, there, there have been some ascending players and, and players that we need to pay attention to a little bit more. And in, in probably shallower leagues, like in your in your home leagues, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Rashid Shahid is someone that that uh, is available on waiver wires. If he is, go ahead and scoop him. I think he's he's a priority one. I think pretty much after this past week, he'll be rostered in, in almost all formats. He's an impressive deep threat. Uh, there in new orleans I, I do want to keep an eye on new england's uh pass catching group kendrick Bourne going down uh with, with an injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season it is a huge bummer we, we obviously know that the the patriots aren't the most explosive uh passing offense out there but it could unlock uh some more opportunities here moving forward for demario douglas for one time you know dynasty football uh darling Keyshawn Butte, the, the rookie out of LSU, I do <laughs> yeah. wonder if he's going to start to get a little bit of playing time. Maybe I'm just wish casting because I do have him on a dynasty team. Um, but um, I, I, he, he was a talented player. He's amazing uh, at times at, at LSU, but obviously kind of fell flat, fell in the draft and didn't uh, have the best training camp with, with New England. But they, they might just out of necessity, especially with Devontae Parker also being in concussion protocol, um, they might need to elevate him and, and start getting him um, a bit of a role. Um, but beyond that, uh, Jameson Crowder lo- looked good th- this past week. Well, I don't know if that will continue once Curtis Samuel gets back, but that that's certainly uh, something to keep an eye on. And then I think Houston, uh, with Robert Woods going on, Noah Brown did get uh, the, the, the kind of next man up treatment. But I'm lightly intrigued in, in Xavier Hutchinson, the, the rookie out of Iowa State. I think he's a talented player, big body guy that with uh, really good possession skills, um, so it wouldn't completely shock me if he works his way into a role in his own right, and then I don't know how long this will last, but Jake Bobo is producing. Um, again, it, it's uh, it's hard to uh, expect that to continue too much longer, especially when you're competing for targets with D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and, and Jackson Smith and was scoring the big touchdown this past weekend, but Bobo is kind of useful as a wide receiver for there. Um, They do have to go to Baltimore this week, so this might not be the best offensive projection week for the Seahawks, but Bobo certainly, uh, I guess, on the radar, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, Johan Dotson, um, is he too rostered to be included in this discussion? He kind of rose from the fantasy dead on Sunday against the Eagles.
1: Uh, He is not because everyone rage dropped him. Uh, lat, lat, this time last week, everyone was like, I'm done with this guy. He's toast. What were we thinking? What were we doing? I can't believe that he was getting drafted ahead of Terry McLaurin at, at the end of draft season. I also can't believe that, but that's another discussion. But Dotson was awesome last year. I think it, it's just Washington was sort of a forgotten team, uh, but Dotson a really impressive rookie season from him. And, and obviously it got off to a slow start this year new offense new offensive coordinator new quarterback uh, all of that um it, it led to some kind of dud weeks of course but Dotson extremely talented player I think that we're gonna that that hopefully will be the start of, of him uh being a fantasy factor here uh, down the stretch so if he is available I I firmly uh put the stamp on picking him up
0: Tight ends. Uh, I assume that fantasy owners are uh, in the hot demand for the Cardinals. Trey McBride, who actually was running more routes uh, before Zach Ertz got hurt, the last couple of games they both played, McBride was you know like I said running more routes than he, Ertz was. Even then, I'm not even sure if Ertz is going to play again this year for the Cardinals.
1: I'm not either. Um, so so McBride definitely should have been on people's uh, radar going into this past weekend, but. Uh, definitely now, and and we're getting closer and closer to Kyler returning. Um, I think that's really going to help open up the offense. I don't know if he's going to pepper uh, McBride with 14 targets the way that uh, he he was uh, set up this past weekend against Baltimore. Um, straight comment: uh, I didn't quite think that uh, that he kept his forward progress going, but hey, for fantasy purposes, they gave him the touchdown. It was all it was all gravy from from there, right? But Um, You know, he's a talented player. He's someone that, um, you know, was essentially the entire Colorado State offense his last year in college. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's a good player. Um, I I know that uh, last year's draft class wasn't, like, the uh, one that you're going to point to at at the tight end position. Certainly not compared to, like, this past year where you have uh, Laporta and Mayer and Kincaid and all those guys. But McBride is solid. Uh, we always say that that avoiding rookie tight ends is, is usually a good move. McBride's in his second year. He clearly has the role. He's running those routes like you alluded to. Um, he is the, the premier uh, pickup at the tight end position this week.
0: And the good news is that blocking does not play a role in fantasy football because he doesn't block anybody. Uh, we're talking no. with John McKechnie <laughs> from rotowire.com uh the running back usually we do this first but uh i'm going to go last with running backs today uh who tips uh who tops he tried to say uh the waiver wire running back list for this week
1: um it's it's tough out there that there probably aren't a ton of options that i think maybe if there's some movement in, in the uh in the trade deadline that uh that this position suddenly becomes a little bit more lively but At this stage, it's some retreads. Um, You know, you you could take a look at at Royce Freeman, uh, although he was probably picked up last week, and whoever scooped him, uh, probably not letting him go just yet. But Cam Akers, the former Ram, he's looked a little bit better than Alexander Madison since starting to to work his way into a role. Um, And Devin Singletary as well. Um, If I had to have a galaxy brain one for for the running back position, Keaton Mitchell uh, for the Ravens, of mentioned him earlier in the season when he was on injured reserve missed last week's game after tweaking his hamstring in his debut, but he's not excited to be out for super long. Justice Hill is kind of a, a nothing in this offense. Gus Edwards obviously doing extremely well for his own part, but Mitchell does have that pass catching element and that speed element that Edwards mostly lacks. So I, I am lightly intrigued in Mitchell. If, if like, you know, if, if nothing else, than to just get a stash, uh, where I've been kind of having a, a total dead spot at the end of my bench.
0: Okay. I can't even believe I'm bringing this name up, but I am. Leonard Fournette in Buffalo. Is, does that matter to us?
1: I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, it's a, it's an offense that A doesn't get a ton of usage to its running backs and, and B, you know, what Fournette w- was good for, for fantasy these last few years was, was catching passes and James Cook, Right now, is better at, as a pass catcher and a lot more explosive in the open field than than, uh, than Leonard Fournette is. And then in the short yardage stuff, which I was, you know, dubious on James Cook coming into the season. Latavius Murray does an okay job with that. Maybe he fell flat enough uh, on Thursday night against the Bucks to to kind of make them feel like they had to get another um, secondary piece behind James Cook. Obviously, with Damian Harris being sidelined right now. Um, but I have a hard time envisioning uh, Lenny being much more, than a, much more of a uh, fantasy force this year and, and more of just like a fantasy annoyance that, that might poach a couple opportunities from Cook here or there.
0: All right. I did not get to see this game live because I was uh, in Glendale watching uh, your Ravens toy with the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. But Javante Williams got 30 touches? What, what's up with that?
1: That that was crazy. That was definitely a, a change from from their previous trend, and it's it's frustrating uh, now that they're on a bye this week because because you know that was their best game of the season. They hadn't beaten yeah. uh, the Chiefs, I don't think, in the Mahomes era. I don't I don't believe so. That was just correct. Kind of two two
0: out thousand of and fifteen. They like two thousand and fifteen was the last time they beat them. <laughs> so long that, time boy.
1: Uh, that's a that's a long time ago. But um, you know, Javante Williams. Getting the 27 carries, getting the three catches, um, super encouraging. He had gotten 15 carries and ran well with them uh, the week prior. Um, but, you know, th- this certainly is, is a huge green light for him going forward. They, they get Buffalo coming out of the bye, and then you get Minnesota, Cleveland, and Houston. So things are definitely trending up for, for Javante Williams. It always felt kind of ridiculous that, that the idea of Jaleel McLaughlin or Samaja Piran would actually uh, take work off of Williams' plate if Williams was, was 100%, it looks like he is now. We're, we're about a year removed from, from that injury, so uh, it should be all systems go for Javante going forward.
0: Okay, John, I don't have much more here. You got anything you want to add? It just seems to be kind of a slow week as far as the waiver wire and so forth.
1: It, it is a bit slow, so I, I apologize to, for not having a, a ton to add uh, after our uh, covering of, of uh, each of the fantasy-relevant positions, but uh, very excited for uh, this weekend slate of games. We got some awesome ones. We got the Eagles yeah. going up against the Cowboys. We we got the suddenly potentially red hot Bengals going up a, against the Bills uh, on Sunday Night Football. I cannot wait for that game. So uh, a lot to look forward to in, in this week, and, and you know for for the locals uh, that are tuning in, of course, uh, I look forward to to Kyler Murray hopefully getting back here in these next two weeks as well.
0: Yeah, if I had to guess, and I'm not positive about this because Jonathan Gannon is as tight-lipped about injuries as any coach that has ever been here, at least since I've been around, which is 20-some years. So who knows when Kyler Murray is going to play, but I don't think it's going to be this week against Cleveland in Cleveland, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, he he was very noncommittal uh yesterday to this press conference and non committal is understating it somewhat <laughs> so there you go okay john so how can the folks get a hold of you and hear uh you know, hear what you have to say on the uh airwaves uh, not not in this fantastic segment every week you have other fantastic segments and other other areas of the, of uh radio and podcasts
1: it's true i do um, so, you can, <laughs> you can check me out on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast on Thursdays, although this week we're running it a little bit early. Got some travel. A uh, RotoWire colleague of mine is getting married on Friday, so I got to travel on Thursday. So, that podcast will, will be out uh, live streamed on Wednesday. We, we just do the full breakdown of, of the entire slate of games. And then I also do um, a RotoWire podcast. Uh, RotoWire NFL betting podcast with Nick Whalen, the one who's getting married this week. Very excited for him. Uh, that that comes out every Thursday as well. Um, so all your betting needs, all your fantasy needs, we we got that covered. And then if you play college football DFS, I also have weekly uh, breakdowns of the DraftKings main slate that comes out on Fridays.
0: All right, good John. Good stuff as always. Talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Have fun.
1: Cheers. Thanks again. Happy Halloween.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Happy Halloween. Uh, The next segment of your phone call.